this week, we begin the season of Thanksgiving. Um, yes, I know some of you are thinking, you skip Thanksgiving, you go to Christmas. But, <laughs> for me, Thanksgiving is part of my Christmas celebration. Because I, I don't think I can be thankful enough and have enough in one day to be thankful for all that God has given us. And so during this time, we're supposed to be reminded of all the things we have that we're thankful for. But unfortunately, our society, usually that's just a time where we step our face and watch football. So, this week we're beginning a new series entitled Thankful, The Essentials Believers Should Give Thanks For. Um, and each week we're going to examine one thing given to us by God that we can be thankful about. And this series may be a little bit different. Uh, sermon prep and series prep, if you don't know, are kind of like cooking. There are dishes that cook quickly and assemble easily, and some that are more difficult and they have to slow cook all day. It's just one of those things, you never know what's going to happen, and you never know where God's going to lead you. And so this, this series may be a little bit different. No, but this series is different. This is a, there's a theme verse that we are going to uh, hopefully... Remember, by the end of this series, that it's something that we can cling on to and, and live with each and every day. And that theme verse is 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. And thereafter, Paul has talked about all the things that God has done. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's it. That's the entire verse. I bet we can all memorize it today. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel and the words that I speak to yours and yours alone. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for this time we have to come together and, and share your word, Father. Thank you for the word and the truth that it contains. We ask all these things, Father, in your name. And all God's people say Amen. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Paul is clear that we're to be thankful. He even gives us the reason for God's indescribable gift. Um, the funny thing about indescribable gifts, they can't be summed up in a few words. It's indescribable. Most everyone in church understands God's gift, but too many times we sell it a little bit short, I believe. Our series is going to look in the next few weeks at an explanation of the parts of this indescribable gift that God gives us. And the first characteristic or part of this gift is one that we sometimes talk about but don't fully understand. Characteristics shown in the account of Congressional Medal of Honor recipient First Lieutenant John Robert Fox. He was directing artillery fire in the Italian town of Somo Colonia to stall a German force and in advance. And while Fox was directing fire, a large German force moved in on his position and realizing that this force was a huge threat to his men, Fox called a final artillery strike on himself. When his men eventually retook the position, Fox's body was found next to approximately 100 dead German troops. And a medal was neatly placed on his chest. There is no doubt that this story is a great illustration of what it means to sacrifice. And so sacrifice is that first characteristic of God's 
indescribable gift. Now, we all know that God sacrificed for us. We all understand this, but sometimes I don't think we link together what he sacrificed for us and what it means for our life. He didn't just sacrifice one thing. His sacrifice was complex in what it accomplished and in what it meant. So today I want us to examine four things that Jesus sacrificed and why we should be thankful for that sacrifice. And the first one is, Jesus sacrificed his life. Now we all know that. We all understand the truth that we find in John 3.16 that, that God's authority gave us the only begotten Son. But that's the first thing he sacrificed. But the thing that we don't understand is life. Life has such a deeper meaning than simply that thing that happens. It's a sacrifice talked about for me in the 10th chapter of John in verses 17 and 18. He says, This is why my Father loves me, because I am laying down my life so I may take it up again. No one takes it from me if I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down. I have the right to take it up again. I received this command from my Father. He laid down his life. Jesus tells us that he's laying it down for his sheep. But this isn't just he's placing his, our needs in front of his own. He's giving up the very act of life itself. Have you ever really thought about what it means for Jesus to sacrifice his life? When we talk about life, we talk about more things than, than breathing. As much as Jesus is God, he's also fully human. And so there is a human Heart. There's a human side to all this idea of life. And so when we talk about lives and we talk about what life is, we don't talk about the function of the body, just breathing and heartbeat and things like that. When Jesus laid down his life, he was laying down all the human hopes and dreams he may have had. On the human side, Jesus had to have wanted all the things that we want, especially in the society that he was a part of. In the society that he was a part of, he couldn't be taken seriously for, by a lot of people if he wasn't married. So he had to, there was a part who had to want marriage. He might have wanted children. He may have wanted success. Those things that we call life. When we think about people and we think about their lives, we don't just say, oh, they were a breathing person. We don't say, oh, their heartbeat. When I ask you to talk about someone, when I stood here earlier and talked about my grandpa's ration book, that ration book means nothing to me. But when I see his name on it, I think about those things that make him alive. I think about sourdough pancakes that were always in the jar up in the cabinet. I think about star crunches. He took them all at his lunch, but he kept an extra box because the grandkids ate them more than he did. I think about the smell of Sir Walter Raleigh pipe tobacco. Think about the first time I ever took a smoke on accident. I was shallow's age and I walked up and Paul Paul's pop was sitting there and I picked it up and I went, like the die. I think about those things that were life. And so when Jesus laid down his life, when he sacrificed his life, he wasn't simply sacrificing being alive, he was sacrificing the opportunity of having a human life. Jesus sacrificed his life, his physical life, and his hopes and aspirations so that we could have life. Just a few verses prior to this, Jesus made the statement in John 10.10 10, that I have come so they can have life and have it to the abundance, to have it to the full. He came so that we can have life in abundance. If he described life as in abundance, there was more to Jesus' life than a heartbeat and a breath. 
And when he sacrificed these things so that we could have life, life to the full, life with dreams, life with aspirations, life with successes and failures and the desire of our heart. Because of Jesus' sacrifice of his life, we have the ability to have abundant life. We have the ability to do these things. Not only that, we also know the truth of John 3.16. Because he sacrificed his physical life, we're giving everlasting life. Both physical and the stuff we aspire to. Is living forever really the only thing you're looking forward to in heaven? That's boring. I mean, honestly. If the only thing you're hoping for is that when I die, I'm going to live forever, and that's all, you just want to make sure that you just, you're going to spite them all, that's boring. There is so much more promise about what heaven is, about what the life after death is, because it's an abundant life. If we have abundant life here, we're going to have abundant life there. That makes this gift indescribable. Not only did Jesus sacrifice his life, but Jesus sacrificed his freedom. He sacrificed his freedom. You know, I could read from, from any number of the Gospels about Jesus giving up his freedom, but I really love Luke chapter 22. Jesus is in the garden. He's prayed. He's told the disciples you couldn't even stay awake just for a little while. And then he gets up and it says while he was still speaking, suddenly there was a mob. And one of the twelve named Judas was leading them. And he came near Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those around him saw what was going to happen, they asked, Lord, should we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. But Jesus responded, no more of this. And touching his ear, he healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, temple police, and the elders who had come for him, Have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a criminal? Every day while I was with you in the temple complex, you never laid a hand on me, but this is your hour in the dominion of darkness. And they seized him and led him away and brought him to the high priest's house. When it came time to die, Jesus didn't go down with the fight. He had at least 12 men there ready to fight to the death. He had at least 12 men ready to go down swinging and one picks up his sword and he cuts off the ear of the high priest. And Jesus said, Stop! And he reached down and he grabbed the ear and he heals him. And he does all of these things and he surrenders his freedom peacefully. The Bible's clear that he could have called the hosts of heaven to wage war. He could have called 10,000 angels. He could have called them and said, come on, take care of this. I don't want to do this. He could have spoken and made all of it go away, but he gives up his freedom. And for the first time, the Son of God, the one whom the, through the world was created, the most powerful man the world has ever known, is not free. He has given up his freedom so we can be free. Galatians 5.1 says that for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be bound to a yoke of slavery. We were once a slave to sin and now we're free in Christ. Once the world owned you and now you've overcome the world. Once sin ruled but now grace abounds. Christ sacrificed his freedom on earth to give us freedom in the spiritual world. 
sacrifice of freedom that makes his gift so indescribable. One who's never known anything but being all-powerful. One that's never known anything but being omnipresent until this moment in time when he's walking in the human body. One who has never gone through any of these things suddenly gives up his freedom to those he created. Gives up his freedom to people who hate him. It's this willing sacrifice that makes it indescribable. He, he sacrificed his life. He sacrificed his freedom. But he also sacrificed his fellowship. One of the most confusing doctrines in the church is the doctrine of the Trinity. This idea that, that God is one. And at its core is this basic truth that God is in perfect fellowship within himself. Within himself. I hate this theology that says <laughs> it's not a theology. I hate when people try to make loss better for someone by saying, well, God needed them more. God didn't need them. I need them. I'm frail. He's omnipotent. I'm lonely. He's in perfect fellowship within himself. God doesn't need anybody. People say, there's a, there's a great poem that I learned in junior high or I heard in junior high where it says, God said, I'm lonely. I think I'll make me a world. God's never lonely. He never has to feel alone. He's in perfect fellowship within himself. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's just simply not true. But in his sacrifice, Jesus even sacrificed that fellowship. In Mark 15, 34, Jesus is on the cross and he cries out in a loud voice,
They've never known anything else. They've always heard Mama's heartbeat. They've always heard Mama's voice. But the first time that baby comes out and that baby is alone. Jesus, although he was born as a baby to Mary, it was like a newborn baby on the cross because that was the first time he had ever felt like he wasn't connected to the one he had always been connected to. He sacrificed his fellowship. The one who had always had perfect fellowship felt lonely. The Son of God felt forsaken. The sacrifice for us, he had to sacrifice his fellowship. And he did so gladly so that we would never be alone. He did so gladly so that Hebrews 13, 5 could be true that he would never leave us or forsake us. He did so. He was lonely on the cross so that we would not be lonely in our trials. You know, the truth is we go through these hard times, but you can always cry out to God. I've said over and over and over again, I don't understand how people who don't believe in God get through hard times. Because you can be in a room full of people and still be lonely. But God's always there. No matter where you're at, He can get there. He felt this anguish of rejection on the cross so we could be accepted by God. In His sacrifice of fellowship, He brought us into fellowship and that is indescribable. But Jesus also sacrificed His worldly glory. Worldly glory. This last sacrifice of Jesus may be the most controversial and I can't go to a quick scripture to illustrate it. But I'm speaking here of this sacrifice in worldly terms, not godly glory, because He gets God's glory. He gets the glory in the end. But the final thing that Christ sacrificed was His worldly glory, because in one week the crowds went from Hosanna to crucify Him. In one week He went from almost being forced to be their king to being hung between two criminals. In one week He went from a place the world would see as glorious to a place that the world would see as anything but glorious. He went from a promised restorer to a tortured prisoner. And he gave up glory in this world so that we could receive his glory in our lives. Mm. I love 2 Corinthians 3.18. We all, with unveiled faces, are reflecting the glory of the Lord and are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory.
Death is commonplace in our world. And so Jesus died. But he was God, so it's okay. Right? That's what we think. That's how, that's how we react to it. We know that because God died, we get to go to heaven, but, but he's God. He really didn't give up as much. But he was also human. He was fully human. And he gave up all these things. He sacrificed these things so that we could stand before God and be worthy. We can stand before God and he can say, Daddy, he's mine. She's mine. Don't hold that against him. Don't hold that against him. It's okay. I've taken care of that. I've written it off. I've written that check. I've paid for it. It's done. That bill that we all know about, when it comes due, Jesus has already paid for it. You ever been to Starbucks and you're in line and you get to the window and you go to pay and they say, the person in front of you paid your bill? It happened to me once. Thank you, Jesus. Free coffee. Woo! But when I get to heaven and I stand before God and God says, there's a bill coming due and Jesus says, Daddy, I already paid it. That one on my MasterCard. I wrote that check. Look at the signature there. I've got it done. There's nothing else that has to be done. He can come in. Let him in. Open up the gates. Start playing the band because the one of mine is back. Because he gave and he gave and he gave. He sacrificed so much that we could be given the blessings he pours out. And so when we begin to count our blessings in this season, we have to remember to thank him and count the sacrifices at the top of our list. It's so easy to look at our physical things we have and say thank you. Thank you for a roof over my head. Thank you for the food in my belly. Thank you for the things that I can see. But we cannot forget to thank Jesus for the things that he did that we hardly ever think about. I sometimes think the reason we don't live lives that are abundant is because we don't realize what Jesus gave up so that we can live lives that are abundant. How dishonoring is it to Christ if we walk around pouting all the time when he gave up so much? So we could live abundantly. He didn't die so we could be abundant whiners. But there are lots of those in churches all across the world, right? Or at least America. I haven't been in the ones across the world. But at least in America, there are lots of abundant whiners. Christ died so we could live abundant life. 
So we could be joyful in controversy. We could be joyful in times of, of stress. But we could say, you know what? God's got this. And I will walk with him through the darkest night. Maybe this morning, you would never have thought about the things that Jesus gave and sacrificed. Now's the time to be thankful. Maybe this morning you had forgotten about the things that Jesus had sacrificed because we just got to the point where he just knew he died. Now's the time to be thankful. Maybe this morning you've never known what it is to give yourself over to Jesus. To know the one who came to die on that cross and give all of those things so that you could stand before God and be deemed worthy. Now's the time. Don't let one more minute pass you by. Maybe you want to serve the missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church or membership. Maybe you have some other need that I haven't mentioned. Whatever you need, whatever it is that God is calling you to, give it to Him this morning. Would you pray with me?